Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to the Red Box podcast. I'm Matt Chorley with the best of my Times radio show, Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. Oh, we had a lot of fun on the show today, including playing political top trumps after my producer, Emma, found some 2007 party conference top trumps, uh, which we played live on air. But uh, there's been loads of stuff around in uh, the news this week about politics and comedy. The BBC saying that they might scrap lefty comedy panel shows. But who better to speak to about uh, politics and comedy and the comedy of politics uh, than a comedian who ran for parliament himself al murray uh, the uh, he's always a comedian podcaster historian drummer and of course best known as the beer swilling patriot the pub landlord this country is called great britain isn't it? great britain that's the name of this country great britain not all right britain great britain yeah i mean france they don't even call that Great France, or anything, just call it the France. Look, France, look, yeah, in case they should confuse it with some other France. Right. <laughs> this France, or that France, or courageous, heroic, turning up in times of battle France. Now, what is this? <laughs> and we got our name Great Britain, because every time there's a war, the other countries look down the list of allies, and if they see our name on it, they know they're on the winning side, don't they? <laughs> so they go, oh, Great Britain, and as a result, Great Britain. Now... <laughs> Uh, I should make clear, I listened to quite a lot of uh, pub landlord clips this morning, and that was about the only one we could use, which didn't have any language in it. But anyway, Al Murray. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good bit. Oh, no, we can't use that bit. Uh, how are you doing, Al Murray? Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, now, before we get into this stuff about lefty comedy panel shows mm. and all that sort of stuff, talk us through the pub landlord and where he came from. Well, he was an accident. Um, I, I was in Edinburgh in, in, in 1994 at the Fringe, um, and uh, by which uh, weird coincidence, it, that was the last time I'm, I had long hair like I do now, thanks to lockdown. I literally have a Fringe now for the first time <laughs> since the 1994 Fringe. We, we, I was in a show with Harry Hill, and we had a little band, and I was playing the drums in the band, and, and, and the show was called Pub International, and the tagline was, when will there be a harvester for the world? Um, and I had come up with a comparing thing to link the whole show together, and it didn't work. So um, on the opening night, we were in the cabaret bar at the Pleasance in Edinburgh, um, which people who've been to the Fringe may know as a venue. I said, well, why don't we say that the compare didn't show up and the barman has offered to fill in? And Harry said, yeah, sure, whatever, because obviously my, my ideas up to that point had... Um, all been rather terrible, and and I went I went on stage uh, and did it all hesitant, like I don't really want to be here, 
And it just worked. It was the strangest thing. You know, I wrote down half a dozen ideas for sort of talking lines and I went on and it worked. And then I came off while Harry was doing his set, wrote a load more. And then we did a, a, a long Edinburgh, we did an Edinburgh run that, that got a Perrier nomination, which, in the, you know, which is the old money for a comedy award nowadays. And, and then we went on tour and by the end of it, I had an act. And it came, it literally came out of having to fill two minutes um, in, in the fringe. So the, the, uh, it, it, it's, it sort of sprung fully formed from the moment, which is why I never really had a plan for it or any of that. And I'm, and I, I'm amazed that I'm still doing the act, <laughs> as are an awful lot of other people. So there we go. <laughs> and I suppose, it, it, perhaps inadvertently, this wasn't your intention to begin with, it's come quite, it, it became quite a political act with well, small yes. p not I mean, party political yes, in, but... the str- in the strangest in the strangest way yeah um I, I, when i when when i started doing him the, the act you sort of had this up up yours delors thing that was a vibe it, it, um in some newspapers but that didn't really feel like a anyone's number one concern and uh obviously in the years that have it, that have passed that shifted so i've ended up kind of you know, uh, 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 not in entirely intentionally, ended up sort of uh, finding myself in, in sort of s- satirical relief to some of the things that have gone on in mainstream politics, which has been really interesting to have happen. And at times you think, hang on a minute, Nigel Farage has nicked my act, you know. Well, I was going to ask you about that, because what happens then when you start out, and we'll talk about what you're running for Parliament in yeah. a sec, but when you, you start out doing this thing, you're essentially sending up a type of person and yeah. their views and the lack of um, coherence in them. But yeah. then, you, you know, you've enjoyed extraordinary success uh, with that and primetime ITV, TV shows and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, in part... I suspect, on the back of people who actually sort of quite agree with the views yeah. of the pub landlord. Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, I, I always think that's just that's just another, you know, that's just another layer, another level, another another piece of the mischief. Because I think one of the things that I think is quite interesting, and, and, and we're going to end up touching on, on this, I think, when we talk about this, the current debate about comedy, is comedy is meant to be, in my view, it's meant to be mischievous. It's meant to be... Uh, uh, um, confusing. It's meant to be uh, unpredictable and hard to pin down, and, and all those sort of things. Because life is, and if you're really reflecting life in in what you're trying to do as, uh, as an artist, maybe you should be as confused and confusing as life, perhaps. And that's certainly always that's always been my approach. And also, I've always had this view that anything that's funny about it counts towards the whole, you know. And and if people are taking it straight, that I, I think that's hilarious because it's so obvious that what i'm doing is a pa- is isn't real you know isn't meant to be real anyway but i suppose so let, let's sort of talk about the politics of it then because it wasn't yeah. born out of i know what i want to do i want to send up nigel farage types with the blazers and the pint of beer yeah. or whatever it was yeah. uh, we need an act and that would be quite a, this is quite a funny way off into it so you're it's not like your your starting point then is to sort of change people's views and and the way they might vote in the way that other comedians oh, try to oh lord no and 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 i mean i think one of the things one of the things is that, you know i'm just trying to be entertaining and have fun and poke fun and spill beer on myself and i mean and and, and some of it is that sort of no, uh, that kind of viewpoint, but a lot of it is also just just barking mad because because what I like to do is chuck everything in the pot and uh, and stir it. You know, I mean the the current show I've 
that I've been touring, there was a very long thing about how annoying average speed limits are on the motorway and how you can beat them. And I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> um, uh, his purview. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think one of the interesting things that, that sort of gets flushed out when people talk about satire is it get, turns into quite a self-important conversation, that satire is very important. And the moment people start talking how, about how important what they do is they're they're that's funny that's uh, <laughs> and and often laughable and i think that's one of the problems with this sort of you know mission statement truth to power and all this sort of um uh stuff that people sometimes talk about is every now and again you think well, do, do not you know uh, d don't overrate what you're capable of and after all you know peter cook very famously said you know satire so famously um uh sustain the Weimar Republic and stop the Nazis. So, you know, we only have so much clout. Yes, the, uh, the, the satirical clubs in Berlin in 1938. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And a friend of mine, he says satire is palliative anyway. That's how he views it. It's just, yes, it's a sort of let, letting off a steam. And I suppose, but yeah. I suppose the problem is, and I found, you know, in a very, with far less success than, than you've enjoyed, but I found this when I did my uh, stand-up uh, shows last year, and, you know, that we had clips from different bits of the show. And yeah. so you do a joke about Nigel Farage. Oh, you're a mainer. Uh, yeah. And then you do a joke about Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, you're yeah. Tory. Uh, yeah. And then you do a joke about Boris Johnson. Oh, you're big lefty. And that's, the yeah. whole point is, all I'm trying to do here is some jokes. I'm not trying to change your mind or, you know, swing the outcome of an election with yeah. 500 people yeah. at an art centre. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's definitely that's definitely changed and evidently changed is that the... The some people on the right seem to have adopted some of the sort of language and behaviour that that they used to despise on the left. This sort of taking offence, this pearl clutching, as they used to see it. Um, uh, uh, you know, and the, the point was they were, you know, they, 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 if you're on the right, you're tough and you can take a joke and ha ha, and 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 who cares? And they see there seems to have been an abandonment of that uh, uh, lately. Um, uh, uh, which is which is which is really really interesting, you know, um, and also leaves me rather feeling well. You know, what's happened to you lot? I used to be able to rely on you to be heartless and tough, and now you're all now you're all crying <laughs> into beer about jokes about you. And it and it and given the given what we just said about how powerless satire is, I wonder what their point is. I wonder what actually the what what they're so scared of. Yeah, you know, a joke on if I got news for you. Um, you know, why does that offend them? They don't need to watch it. So let's talk about this, yeah, this yeah, whole exactly. business about uh, the new boss of the BBC saying, yeah. you know, clamping down on lefty comedy panel shows. Do, is there a? I mean, it is true. I think <laughs> that the the comedian, most of the comedians who take a political stance, yeah, tend to be more on the the left wing. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Why is that? Well, I, I, you know, uh, there's been a long tradition of it in in since w what was called alternative comedy was born. I think, uh, I mean, I, you know, it, it of course stands in stark contrast to the fact that stand up in itself, standing on your own two feet, living on your own own wits, couldn't be any more sort of purely Thatcherite, which is kind of which is one of the you know one of the delicious ironies around this entire subject. And you know, I'm, I'm all for the ironies of it. It just it just that just happens to be the drift. It also, I mean. You know, if people really want more right-wing comedy, they're going to have to vote for a left-wing government. Is the is the other end of it, I suppose. It it, it tends to be, it, it just seems to be the drift. And after all, if if you're poking fun at power, um, you know, if you're if you're part of the 
if, if you regard yourself as part of a discourse about questioning power, then that tends to ca- come from the left and the revolutionary end of things, you know, I, 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 essentially. Although, obviously, what we have now, you could argue, is that the left won the cultural arguments and the right won the economic arguments, which is the thing that gets posits a lot in, a lot in um, uh, political discussion, isn't it? And so, you know, if you're taking the mickey from the left you're probably missing out on the fact that the left control a lot of the social arguments, if, yeah. if, if you see what I mean. So, so you know, when people talk about this and when they talk about punching up and punching down, is we do live in a world where up is down and down is up, you know, uh, uh, all too often, that you, you that, that, that leave one and people are... St- uh, so they're in charge, so they're power, and yet they moan about people taking the mickey. Seems a bit like, well, you know, you're having your cake and eating it, which which directs us straight back to a lot of the Brexit discourse anyway. And I suppose you're right that we've had now, was it 10 years of, of, of at least a Tory in number 10? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they are they're in charge and, you know, t- taking the taking the mickey out of the Tory government is flank, frankly more more uh, interesting than taking the mickey out of the poor old Lib Dems. Um, well, who... yes, exactly. And, and uh, you know, that you you. Do you kick someone when they're down? <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the gripping thrill ride of, of the recent Lib Dem leadership contest. You know, what, one of the things comedians <laughs> are trying to do is write joke. I mean, the other thing, the other thing, and this is, this is I think, uh, um, I, I think this is the, one of the things that gets forgotten in all this is if you're writing jokes you're, and you're up against reality, you've got to move as fast as you can to deliver what you think's funny with reality, you can't sort of sit back and take some sort of um, overview. Comics are we're scrabbling around in the filth that's offered to us by contemporary life, trying to come up with something. You know, I, I often find a lot of the discussion of this um, is, is naively um, uh, 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 addresses the creative process itself naively. And you know, David Chase, who wrote The Sopranos, he talks about this. He says. When people say, oh, in that episode, you came up with this, that's absolutely... He goes, no, that was the best idea in the writer's room at the time. That is what we could come up with because we were making a show a week. You know, do, do me a favour. And so someone on something that good and high-end is under that kind of pressure, and that's what's shaping the writing as much as anything else. And it's the same, it's the same further, down the, further down the food chain or further down the, the ladder with, 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 with comedians. Yeah, very few comedians are going to say, I've got some absolutely brilliant material here on Keir Starmer, but I'm not going to use that because, you know, yeah. I don't want to damage him. Well, and in that sense, it's very like, it's very like um, uh, journalism, I think, sometimes comedy. Because, because if, you're, if you're trying to sort of surf what's going on, you, taking sides cuts you off from being able to make, you know, b- being able to actually fill your page, yeah. as it were, as a writer. So if you if you if you take an avowedly uh, Tory position or an avowedly pro Labour or whatever or pro airships, you cut yourself off from everything <laughs> else. And uh, you know, in, in his lot talks about this a lot. He talks about how. Um, they're just trying to have. They're just trying to take it to everybody um, uh, and uh, not take a side. And of course, they get accused of being pro and anti everything all the time, you know, on that paper, or being, you know, uh, reactionary and conservative in essence. And a lot of satire is often reactionary and conservative. But you know, we're, we're up against we're up against uh, uh, the, the, the events, and so we've got to write to events all the time. 
If you like what you're hearing, you can listen to the whole of my Times Radio show. Either listen back on the Times Radio app or you can listen live Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. We'll have more on the episode after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Now, Elmo, uh, we've got to talk about you running for Parliament. I think the first time you and I met in person <laughs> was in Parliament. We, you came yes. in to watch PMQs. Yeah. Um, and we went and had a very convivial lunch and then emerged it, it out is... of the restaurant into the scene of a, of a terror attack, which is a sort of extraordinary, surreal... It was a very, uh, very odd day. A that, very, yeah. very odd day. But you never quite made it onto the, the green benches. Explain no. how you ended up running <laughs> for Parliament as the pub landlord. Well, it was dead simple, really. I um, The year before... Um, uh, Russell Brand had, had done his sort of foray into politics, which I thought was like um, hilarious, really. And the, and, the, and the reception it received was hilarious in all sorts of ways um, that it was taken so seriously. It was, kind, it was sort of amazing. And um, uh, and I and 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 in the, and, you know, and, and fascinating and a good thing, actually. But then in the middle of it, he said, no point voting, don't vote. Right. And I thought, well, that's. You know, I, I can't really, I can't really buy that. And the show I was doing at the time was all about was all about politics because it just felt like it was time to do one that was explicitly about that. But the but the politics the pub landlord was offering was was gibberish. You know. Um, so what? What, uh, we, what I, can't, cause I can't remember. It's a while ago now. What, we, what was your manifesto? What were the, your key? Oh well, we'll get well, we'll get we'll get to the we'll get to the you know the, the manifesto is add twenty p to the pound so the pound's worth one pound twenty. Right. I mean, how, how can how can you possibly argue with that? Yeah, um, it sounds very good. Anyone anyone going to A and E with nothing wrong with them would be sent to another um, hospital department to be practiced on. Um, th- th- that that kind of thing. Uh, brick up the Channel Tunnel, but use Polish labour to do it so they get it done on time. Um, you know, uh, uh, a squadron of Spitfires at Manston to defend the English Channel. That sort of that sort of you know red meat. But. Um, I, I, basically, as as the election approached, someone said to me, "Well, you get you surely this show's all about this. You've like written all this manifesto stuff. 
you should um you, why don't you run you know for the for the for the fun of it and also because i was i was very i found what russell said and he was being accorded such influence what he said about don't vote i i, I thought well i'm not on his level so i can't argue with that directly and no one no one will care if i if i send up a send up a, a, a flare saying please vote do a thing that is about voting so get involved and also an awful lot of comedians have said an awful lot about Nigel Farage, but none of them have done anything about him. <laughs> you know, none of them have done anything about it. So I thought, well, I'll run. It'll be, it'll be, and it'll be fun, and it'll be funny, which was the point. Not to disrupt the democratic process like all the twerps on my um, Twitter insist, but, but, to, but because I thought it would be fun and funny. And it's a fair target. Um, and... You know, and also anyone can run under any banner for any reason, which is part of the sort of um, in the midst of a, or how we all feel about democracy at the moment. One of the really beautiful things about it, you know, there's no bar to anyone, even someone pretending to be a publican who isn't. And what was your experience of actually being inside the democratic <laughs> process? Was it fun? Um, a lot of it was hilarious. Um, uh, uh, really, really funny. A lot of it was is plain weird. Um, a, a lot of kind of the, the, the sort of, uh, a lot of, you know, there was, there was, there was the launch we did where I was going to parachute into the constituency, literally. And then it turned out I was overweight and, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and so, so, so basically they, they, <laughs> basically the air, the, 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 the skydiving club, they rang and they said, you, you're, you're all right, aren't you? You're, you're the right weight. You, you know, more than 15 stone. And my vanity said, yeah, of course. So I got my kids pink scales from, from out from in the bathroom, stood on them and I was all right. And, um, and then when we got to the skydiving place and we had loads and loads of press there and sky telly and all sorts of, I think, I think you may even have been there. I can't remember. I don't think I was. Um, I think I was. I remember, I remember being in the office at Man Online and seeing the pictures coming in and thinking it was very funny. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So basically I get on the scales and they go, well, you, you, well, you know, you're not, you're not jumping out of a plane today. So then we had to go into sort of spin mode, thick of it, spin mode. Um, figuring out what the press statement would be and how we'd deal with it. And then immediately a load of hacks going, you were never going to jump out that plane anyway. <laughs> because the, because our whole political process is so drenched in cynicism as well. <laughs> Surely and, not. It's journal, political <laughs> journalists being cynical. Uh, it was so funny. And, uh, you know, we released, a, we released a statement, you know, it was health and safety gone mad. And, you know, back in the day, our young men used to go over Germany and, and, and jump out of planes and all this sort of thing. And now we can't even jump out of planes over our own country. And I am, I'm a tragic victim of the obesity epidemic, blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, uh, it, was, it was hilarious. But then the launch itself um, was, uh, was really, really, the launch itself was really, really, that we did after that was really, really interesting. Because, you know, I basically got chased around Sandwich by Michael Crick with him going, you're not really a pub landlord at all, are you? And I'm like, well, no, no, I'm not. That's the joke, right? That's, and, and you explaining the joke really isn't, really isn't that good, Michael. And, um, and, and, and we at one point, we kind of felt, we, we just wished that, that we, wished, we wished that rather than sort of challenge us, because the, because the thing we were doing was trying to like goof about with, the ele- with, with how people conduct elections, the, how the parties conduct elections. We just sort of thought, well, could you could you indulge us in that rather than go, that's not true. You're not really going to do that and all this sort of thing. So 
That was that was the bit that was a bit dismaying. And then the conspiracy theories about why I did it are hilarious and and um, sort of wonderful, really. And but also were a glimpse into the way things were gonna go not long after that, because you know this is all pre-Brexit. This is all pre um, uh, the sort of uh, what happened in, in in the left as well with sort of. Um, permanent constant intimations that there's something else going on other than what's going on in right in front of you and um i remember that one was, was that one about I mean, you I, being related you know, to david cameron yeah 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 well so that's it so that's the that's the the, the, the funniest is that um is there's this there's a genealogy website and what they do every couple of years is they run an article where they basically they say look kim kardashian's related to barack obama or Donald Trump is Meghan Markle's uh, cousin, right? And they did that. I mean, it was obviously it was obviously a slack year for them. They did that to me <laughs> and David Cameron because um, uh, a long deceased relative of mine is is the is the author William Thackeray. So they're able to sort of they're able to sort of echolocate me within genealogy. And someone from Cameron's family two hundred years ago married someone from Thackeray's family. Uh, all, all those years ago. Yeah. And that, if you leave that to simmer on an enraged um, uh, message board, it turns into us being first cousins. It turns into him instructing me and paying me to run in Thanet to disrupt um, N- Nigel Farage's campaign. It turns into all sorts of things. It's the EU and the BBC funding me to do it. Um, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it and it became so sort of Baroque and arcane. And then got onto a couple of quite serious um, uh, 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 websites, you know, opinion opinion websites on the on the sort of Tory side. And you think this is just you've all gone mad. It's comedian does thing to take Mickey. You know, Occam's Razor explains why I did it. Yeah, and no... also Occam's Razor. If you look at my touring schedule, it explains how I could afford to do it as well. <laughs> you know, um, if, if we're if we're honest here, you know, they're, they're going. Where's you getting the money from? I think well. I've, I've 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 had twenty pretty good years, thanks very much. And also, you know what? We're not spending on the marketing; we can spend on this campaign. And we got we got some very weird flack and being we were accused of overspending. And the idea that my management company wouldn't have like um, legaled the thing right up to the wazoo to make sure that everything we did was strictly legal, so we didn't go to prison. You know, um, in fact, I think we we we, we t- t- took incredible dil- diligence over. The legal side of things, which which given what then happened in South Thanet in terms of the investigations oh, and the of course, sort of, yeah, uh, and the rumor got, and yeah. no smoke without fire and people being bussed in and out as part of the campaign. I think, you know, we were we were probably the best behaved and certainly <laughs> per voter. We spent more money than anyone else. <laughs> because... well, I, I need to ask you just because you just touched on it there and obviously your success in touring. Touring's not possible at the moment. What, what's, yeah, what yeah. state is the comedy industry in? Oh, we're on an iron lung right now. Um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, all this talk of too much left wing, too much right wing comedy. I, I, could we actually just talk about how we need to figure out how theatres are going to reactivate, how clubs are going to reactivate, how there's going to be any comedy? I mean, you know, the, the, the BBC can, can make a statement like this, but co- comedy's going to drop dead anyway at this rate because because... Really. And I understand why we are at the back of the queue. And also I understand that what it could look a lot like is a load of people saying, dear Rishi Sunak, can you give me some money so I can do my play about how much I hate Margaret Thatcher? Right. I, 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 I get that it could look like that. But we 
right now, I mean, I've got some open air stuff in the next sort of 10 days. I've got some shows in, I've got some shows in Norwich that we're doing in a marquee. I've got the, an open air theatre in Brighton. I've done stuff in courtyards and car parks. But to be honest, we, we, are, we are really, we're looking down the barrel of the, of the thing, the infrastructure, the clubs, uh, the clubs that lead to the art centres, that lead to the theatres, that get you in, into your telly, all of that vanishing. And with the fringe gone this year, you know, there's a whole load of there's a, a whole it's the whole thing that's sort of been amputated by circumstance. Uh, um, and sometimes when you, you know you 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 tweet about this or we do a gig to try and to raise the profile of trying to save live comedy, you get people going, oh, you know, look at you comedians with a begging bowl. But it's it's not about that. You know, I work with when I tour, I have a tour manager, I have a technician. It's the people in the theatres. You know, it's all right for the like. It's all right for the likes of me, to be honest. It's the it's the um, it's the people further down the uh, further down the sort of uh, chain who I'm who I'm to be honest, I'm genuinely worried about and that that infrastructure will survive. And that what doesn't happen is whoever owns whichever theatre decides, well, they're not making rent. I'll sell it, knock it down and turn it to flats. And um, that's the thing. That's the thing to really worry about. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I can't get back to um, watching uh, live comedy. Whether or well, not I get back no, to performing get back it. Well, to doing it. Yes, you know. exactly, exactly right. Um, but for, uh, but uh, I should also ask, and we've, we've slightly <laughs> run out of time, but we, I should also mention that people are missing the sound of your voice. Um, <laughs> your, me, me for one. <laughs> and then we could get you on for another whole half an hour just to talk about history. But um, yeah. your, your uh, podcast, we have ways of making you talk with uh, James yes. Holland. Yeah. Yes, we've been we, well. Basically, when the, when lockdown came, we 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 decided to sort of completely um, ramp up uh, uh, the, the the content, and and we've been it's been it's been absolutely fascinating and finding an audience who are really interested in sort of the nitty gritty of the of the story of the Second World War, and and we've covered absolutely every angle imaginable, um, it, 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 you know, uh, including including all the chat there was at the start of the COVID crisis of, is this, is this, ooh, are we back in, are we going to get to have our blitz? Um, uh, no, no is the answer, I think, well, hopefully. I, thank God it hasn't been our <laughs> blitz. I mean, that's really, that's really ridiculous. <laughs> well, listen, what, obviously once people have finished listening to my show and the Red Box podcast, they should uh, definitely, because it is properly fascinating. And even if you're not really into, you know, military stuff, and the, it's just amazing blimey i didn't know that happened uh type story yeah. so yeah we have ways of making you talk is um uh, al moe's uh, podcast terrific to speak to you i look forward to seeing Spot you wise. in person and on well, I stage owe you, i owe you lunch you do you without, still owe me lunch hopefully without a terror attack thrown in yeah um, yeah that's all we've got time for on this episode of the red box podcast uh, you can now listen back to my whole show on the times radio app where you can also now listen to all of the times podcasts including red box too make sure you subscribe and review at the Red Box podcast wherever you listen. But for now, for me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye.